Morning, everyone. Welcome to this Wednesday morning. And as we always do on a Wednesday, we continue, have a little bit of a different look at our Sunday sermon and just a bit of a refresher to stir us up a little bit in this preaching series that we're preaching at the moment called Life. We're looking at how do I live a life that is that doesn't track the crises or the perceived crises that are going on in the world? Because some crises are very real, other crises are highly fabricated, if you like, by our media and by other people. And, you know, your neighbor has a massive crisis and so I get sucked into it, those kind of things. Um, how do I live a life that is independent of crises, that I can continue um, being effective and loving people or walking with Jesus um, and, and living a life that's meaningful and purposeful despite the situations that are going on around me, that I don't feel like my life's on hold until things change, until things get better. And so this last Sunday, um, we looked at kind of the follow-on from the first week. The first week was, how do I have to be open to strike out in new directions? I can't expect to live in God's kingdom and expect to do things my way. I can't, I can't try and build uh, and allow God to build in me while I'm holding on to the old ways of doing things. And just making the decision or the um, being open to and humble enough to be able to go to God and say, Lord, you bring the change. And so this week we looked at, well, kind of plotting that journey. How do I know when and where? What do these new directions look like? And how do I actually plot out a way to live a life like that? Because we're faced with so many choices. Many people at the moment talk about this thing called decision fatigue at the moment. Just having to make so many choices, excuse me, having to make so many choices at the moment. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not always sure what to do. And so we spoke on Sunday about the Holy Spirit being our guide. And we looked at an interesting text. We looked at Genesis chapter 3, actually. And um, so I'd like to read from verse 3, Genesis chapter 3, and then we'll kind of just pull a thought out of it. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And here's the thing. Um, and so it's talking about, obviously, the fall with Adam and Eve. When it comes to obeying God and following him in what he has for us, I've spoken to many people in my life and the overwhelming consensus often is not that I don't know what God is saying. You know, many people say, what does God's voice sound like? What does God say? The point oftentimes isn't that God isn't speaking. It's just that I don't really like what he's saying. I don't agree with it. You know, God's word is very clear about how we should live our lives, about what he wants from us, about the sacrifice and the love and the, um, the care and the compassion for others. Things which really cost, right? And so I'm, I'm often find myself, not that I can't hear God, but I'm looking for sort of the cheaper knockoff, you know, if you like, the, the product that wasn't made in the original factory. It looks the same, but it didn't cost quite as much. And unfortunately, God doesn't do counterfeit. It doesn't do fakes, fortunately, unfortunately. And so what struck me so much about reading what um, the serpent had said to the woman was, he, the serpent appealed to something that I think Adam and Eve were already carrying in their hearts. And friends, this is something that I'm, I'm coming to realize more and more that 
if I'm subtly in my heart, subtly caring something about God or about others, or even about myself that isn't true, it creates a crack or it creates a weakness where the enemy can come in and he can take hold of my life and begin to lead me down a different path. For Adam and Eve, it was this thing of, you know, did God really say that? Because actually, maybe maybe God's a bit of a control freak. Maybe God's a bit afraid. He's worried that, you know, um, you'll become like him. And so he's going to be, and, and that's why God doesn't want you to uh, eat from the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And essentially what it boils down to is, Adam and Eve, or Eve specifically in this story, had pitted herself against God. So the enemy presents God and Eve as two equal parties, right, who are at war with one another. And Eve, by merely accepting that premise, accepting the fact that there were these two different opinions, had to make a choice. And so she chose herself. And friends, I've come to see this, that as I'm, and I've, I mentioned this a few weeks ago in one of the devotionals, there are often times when I don't agree with what Scripture says. But I have made a decision that what God's Word said is true. And if what I believe is contrary to what God's Word says, I'm wrong. It's a decision. It's not even a, a conversation. It's too late to settle that issue in the middle of the storm. It's too late to be trying to work out if I believe that or not when temptation comes. But friends, what's so beautiful is God doesn't sit as some disconnected um, spaceman who sits at a distance and threatens us. And based on that threat, because God had said to them, you will surely die if you eat of this tree. But he also walked with them in the cool of the evening. And the point is this, friends, that I believe as I am walking with God in the cool of the evening, I learn to trust him. Even the things that his word says that I struggle with and maybe I don't always agree with. As I begin to walk with him, it's amazing how I'm like, well, he's been good till now. He has never failed me yet. His words have been true up till now. So even if I don't agree with what he's challenging me on now, Lord, I trust you over I trust myself. Because if I look over the course of my life, if I, the places where I've trusted myself, like I don't have a 100% success rate by a long shot. But God has always been there and he has always been faithful. And so... I think there's a, there's a huge challenge in this, even before wanting to hear from the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit in our lives. Friends, we need to settle some stuff. And what we said on Sunday was we live in a world nowadays where there are so many voices around. I mean, at the moment with COVID, there's vaccines and blah, blah, blah. And all there's a million voices saying a million different things. And it's so sad how we've allowed those things to bring division, like we saw happen in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It pitted man against woman. It pitted man against nature. It pitted man against his job and his sweat and work hard. And it just created so much conflict. And whilst there's no problem in being wanting to be informed and wanting to know, the moment our knowledge or our understanding supersedes our faith and supersedes our desire to walk with God in the cool of the evening and to receive from him peace, and love, and the things that we need to be able to live out our lives. We, we start running to, um, we think that knowledge will take away the fear. We think that if I know enough, and that's what, that's what the enemy or the devil says to Eve here. You know? you know, Eve, you've been suspicious all along that there's stuff that God knows that you don't know. And if you just ate of this tree, you would know. And if you knew, you'd be like him, and you'd be fine, and you'd be amazing. And some of us have bought that, friends. But the Bible's also very clear on that. It says knowledge puffs up. 
knowledge puffs up. Knowledge doesn't remove fear. In fact, the more we know, right, the more afraid we become. And what's so incredible is the scripture comes to us and, and says that the one thing that drives out fear is perfect love. And I'm not advocating for one second that we as Christians shouldn't be intellectual, that we shouldn't think. Friends, I'm an incredibly deep thinker myself, and I, I love working through things. But I will not allow those things to contravene me being able to walk in the cool of the evening with God, me being able to walk in the cool of the evening with my family, and me being able to walk in the cool of the evening with the church, with other Christians, and even with those who, who don't know Jesus. Right? The moment my intellect gets in front of love, something's wrong and I've lost the plot. And so it was, it was a fairly challenging word to us. And I think it's wonderful that we can search our hearts and say, Lord, look inside of me. Have I, do I trust you? Have I settled that you are the one who's gone ahead of me? You are the one who knows all things. I trust you that your words are true and I can lean into that, knowing that you are building and you are, you are doing things. Rather than, hey, Lord, I know better than you and I can work this whole thing out of my head. Anyway, hope that blesses you guys. Can't wait to see you on Friday.